New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. What is going on, everybody? Nick Person here, teaching pastor at New Vision, and I'm excited that you have continued on this journey that we've been on through the book of Exodus. We're going to continue um, going through Exodus. I'm going to be reading chapter 8, verses 1 through 15. I'm going to be reading out of the CSB version. That's the version I read in my alone time with Jesus. And, um, and so we're going to pick that back up. I'm going to read the scripture in its entirety. I'm going to bring out a couple of points that kind of stood out to me and hopefully we'll walk well in what is revealed today through Exodus 8, 1 through 15. A little background where we find ourselves is we have seen the first plague. It's water turned into blood. God is going to continue to reveal these signs to Pharaoh in the hopes that he will repent and turn turn to him um, and recognize who truly is the king. And we're going to see that doesn't necessarily happen. But let's pick up in Exodus chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. It says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh and tell him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go, so that they may worship me. But if you refuse to let them go, then I will plague all your territory with frogs. The Nile will swarm with frogs. They will come up and go into your palace, into your bedroom, and on your bed, into the houses of your officials and your people, and into your ovens and kneading bowls. The frogs will come upon you, your people, and all your officials. The Lord then said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the rivers, canals, and ponds, and cause the frogs to come up onto the land of Egypt. When Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. But the magicians did the same thing by their occult practices and brought frogs up onto the land of Egypt. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Appeal to the Lord to remove the frogs from me and my people. Then I will let the people go and they can sacrifice to the Lord. Moses said to Pharaoh, You may have the honor of choosing. When should I appeal on behalf of you, your officials and your people, that the frogs be taken away from you and your houses and remain only in the Nile? Tomorrow, he answered. Moses replied, As you have said, so that you may know there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will go away from you, your houses, your officials, and your people. The frogs will remain only in the Nile. After Moses and Aaron went out from the Pharaoh, Moses cried out to the Lord for help concerning the frogs that he had brought against Pharaoh. The Lord did as Moses had said. The frogs in the houses, courtyards, and fields died. They piled them in countless heaps, and there was a terrible odor in the land. But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and would not listen to them as the Lord had said. Can we just... Before we get too far down the road on this, can we? Can I just make a confession? I don't like frogs. I don't like slimy things. Even in school, when I would have to um, dissect a frog, it gave me pause and it made my stomach a little queasy. And so this plague in particular makes me a bit squeamish. I'm just thinking about being one who was in the land of Egypt and all of a sudden there are frogs everywhere in my oven, in my kneading bowls, in my house, in my kitchen, in my bed in my bathroom. Everywhere that I am, there are slimy frogs. And listen, I am out. And I know Pharaoh, his his heart became to become hardened because he was walking in disobedience. But I'm telling you, this would have been the one where I'm like, you know what? 
God wins. You win, God. You can have it. <laughs> I am done. You win. And so let's kind of go back, though, and kind of examine this a little bit more. In chapter 8, verses 1 through 7, you see that Moses tells Pharaoh what's going to do. You know, hey, let my people go. If you don't let the people go, God's going to do this. And you see that um, Pharaoh's magicians are able to do the same thing almost. That almost is key because they can't remove them. They can cause the frogs to come, but they can't remove the frogs. They can't immediately cause the frogs to go away. And this is some insight. See, like the truth of the matter is everything besides God's goodness and God's will is counterfeit. See, with these magicians being able to pull off this thing, but not being able to fully pull it off, it lets us see that really it's counterfeit. Only God is true and only God is able to do what God can do. It might be partially, it might be halfway, but but trying to get the best and not doing it in God's will is only going to be subpar at best. And that's true for our own lives. So many times we try to satisfy a God-sized hole with meager and lesser things and it never, ever works. And then in verses 8 through 14, Moses shows that God really is good and God really knows what he's doing and God really is all powerful. He says, hey, Pharaoh, you tell me the day you want the frogs to go. You tell me the day you want the frogs to go and I'll make it happen. This was to show Pharaoh that, hey, God is ultimately in control. You saw that your, your servants were only able to do this partially, but my God is able to do it fully. And so Pharaoh gives him a day and God does it. But notice this too, like even though God intervened, even though God, you know, made the frogs go away, did you notice that there, it said that there was a stench because all the frogs piled up and there was an odor in Egypt? Here's what I thought when I, when I read that. See, the Lord is fully able to forgive and he does. He forgives us full on. But sometimes there is a stench from our sin, the repercussions and the and, and really um, the reaping of what we have sowed. And that is not God punishing us. That is just kind of the cost of the sin or the outcome of the sin. You know, if you reap apples or an apple tree, you're going to sow apples. That's just kind of the way things work. And so with these frogs, they left a stench. God answered the problem ultimately, but there still was some cleanup to do. And that's true in our own lives. I've experienced that a lot in my own life where I know that God has forgiven me full on, but yet because of my choices, there are consequences to my choices. And verse 15 says this, but when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and would not listen to them as the Lord had said. I'm noticing with Pharaoh, like it's like God has given him opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to repent, to turn, and, and, and really to recognize who God is, who the I am is. But for Pharaoh, he keeps getting in his own way and his heart, even when he sees a movement of God, his heart continues to be hardened. Listen, here's the, here's the invitation for us today. As we survey and we see the fruit of God's will and the fruit of the goodness of God, let us not ignore that and let us not keep on the path that we are so determined to be on. But let us let the new data, let us let what God is up to soften our hearts so that we will submit and follow his ways. Because listen, Pharaoh thought that he was winning, but he ended up losing 
And all it would have taken is repentance. Can I tell you, I don't know, maybe you find yourself in a place today where you're continuing to try to do it your way, but yet it is not yielding what you want to yield. Maybe today is the day where you go, you know what? I am going to turn, I'm going to repent, and I'm going to allow the seed of, of, call it the gospel, to penetrate my heart and life and for me to walk in a different posture. I'm telling you, if you do that, you will not regret that. Maybe for you, that's saying yes to Jesus for the first time. Maybe that's being obedient in the next step. Maybe that is surrendering a sin that has so easily entangled you. Do not do not continue to harden your heart. Allow the gospel to soften your heart so that it can yield the fruit that is reflective of the King. So I hope that you guys can walk in that well today. I hope that we will not just be hearers of the word, but also be doers of the word. May you walk well, and we look forward to continuing this journey with you. Love you guys. Be blessed. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's word.